Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sent 315, year two. We never even know, <laughs> knew if it was going to happen, did we? Season Matt? two. Season Can't two. Can't believe it. Yeah, we're here. And um, I just wanted to add on to our first episode of 2022. Sorry, it, there was a little break there, but uh, there were reasons that we needed to take a break, but we've got some fantastic people that are lined up for this year that I think will really have an impact on your life. Um, and I just wanted to do a little um, welcome back to everybody and get involved in the Facebook yeah. um, Facebook site. We've got hundreds and hundreds of people there. Please do share this. If it's, if it's had an impact on you, share it around and let's see what happens this year. Um, we will be back once a week, just like ever. You're listening to the first episode of 2022. And we're starting off with Jenny Steckler. Yeah. And um, I'm stoked. It, it, it has a powerful message. And one of the things that I think really was a strong, powerful message is in these days, we think very differently about things that are very, very important to us. But our call to unity and loving each other and, and, uh, and giving the love of Christ like we received is really important. And it can be a challenge you know, when, when uh, you don't want to love that other person, that other person's dumb and they don't believe the way you do. And it's really dang important. And we've got to win this election. And, but that also doesn't mean that we don't get involved and we don't fight for things that are important to us. That's important. And Jenny is the embodiment. She spoke at a, a essentially a political rally, yeah. uh, you know, on a very important issue. And this isn't a political show, but- then she opens up, and you'll hear it, so I won't steal all the thunder, but she opens up with uh, sharing Jesus with everybody at the rally, many non-Christians, I'm sure, were there, who were uh, you know, all banded together for this issue that was important to them. It was such a great altar call, I stole it and used it at a memorial service a week later because it was powerful. So welcome back to 2022, Sent 315. And enjoy this conversation with Jenny Steckler. And if I haven't told you lately, remember, you are sent. We are truly here, Matt. Did you ever think, Matthew, that we would be in a second season? I did not look that far ahead, <laughs> but I'm so excited about it. Me too. I'm blown away by it. We are looking to do several different things. And I'm so excited that very early on, I was able to entice or coax or get a yes out of a woman that I deeply love and respect, Jenny Steckler with us today. Hello, Jenny. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. Are you really? You're a listener too, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, I am. It's a great podcast. Well, thank you for saying that. It was right in the script. You did really well. <laughs> <laughs> you can Venmo me later. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you, I really could. I didn't talk to you about this, but I want to go into some background. You and I together go back to the early days of a thing that I was doing to try to encourage people to engage in God conversations mm -hmm. that would allow them to share their faith with people that were far from God, called God Conversations. And you were in that, that 
first video that we did trying to help people of different styles. Mm -hmm. When I first stumbled across styles, oh, that makes sense. So what was your style back then? Relational. And how do you explain that? And how has that changed in the over the years? I guess that the easiest way to describe that as a style would be that you're relating to people. You find common ground. You do a lot of listening. And if you give people the opportunity, you're not too busy just telling them a bunch of stuff. Oftentimes, they'll tell you what their struggle is in their life. There are not many seasons, and when they come, they don't last long where everything's perfect. People right. have struggles, and they don't know what to do with their kids, or they feel stuck at their job, or whatever. And as you just listen and relate, I have found that it's easy to share truth with people that know God and that don't. And so I guess you could say, describing the style, like I know your shoe size and a lot about other people and you and it's a relationship, it's give and take and not so much just let me tell you, but we're going through this life together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the website, we have all the different styles and everything. We talk about the strength of it. God made you a, a particular way for a purpose. He wants you to operate that way. He wants you to be you and mm -hmm. do things the way that you were made, not try to compare yourself to anybody else. On the other side, I think you might remember, it's on the website too, what are some of the pitfalls that you have to look out being a relational Christian or witness? I don't know if this is on the website or not. In my own experience yeah. as someone who's relational, I have lived most of my life wanting to really please people, mm. to have relationship be good. There's no problems. I, we're always good. There's no strife. So I think sometimes it's a temptation to shrink back from saying what needs to be said sometimes. I would, yeah, if there's a pitfall, it could be that. That's one that I've seen that I've had to look out for in others as well, that sometimes you'll value the relationship more than maybe needing to step in to, to tell the truth in love and, mm -hmm. and real relationships survive that. But people that are listening that are relational, I think they'll get what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. How did you come to the Lord? I did not grow up in a Christian home. A friend from school was inviting my younger sister to church. So she often got to do a sleepover, and then they'd go to church on Sunday. They'd go out to eat after. In my family, it was very chaotic. There was some substance abuse, mental health issues, and so that made home a place you didn't really want to spend a whole lot of time. So like I said, my sister had someone in her class that I had invited her, and they happened to have an older sister that was my age. And so one time that they were dropping my sister off, their mom walked up to the door and said, hey, you're the same age as my daughter, Carrie. If Would you like to come to church with us? And I thought, sure. That's It looks like you guys are all having a lot of fun. And at the time, it was Lisa Neely. I love Lisa Neely. Yeah. And I know her daughter as well. She's just a very warm, welcoming person. Mm -hmm. And so she saw that I was there and she made a place for me. I mean, she picked us up every week, brought us to church. They brought my sister and I to everything that they did. It was like she went from two to four kids and really walked my sister and I through a lot of really challenging stuff through junior high and high school. So I started going to church with her. When we talk about the styles a bit, it doesn't come up in every episode or anything, but look at Lisa. She's invitational. Mm -hmm. She's saying, hey, you want to come check this out? Just that easy. And mm -hmm. I think every single 
person can have a little bit of that style, especially if you've got a wonderful church. Mm-hmm. Churches get made more wonderful by inviting people who haven't been there to it so that they can make it more wonderful. I've told many people, oh, you would make my church better by coming to it. <laughs> would you come and check this out? And then, obviously, investing in your life. So over the years with a, a relational style, have you has it changed any? Like these days, because we're talking about 10 years ago that we were doing that thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. So has mm-hmm. that changed? Which, what would, how do you share your faith now? Because you're a really busy person, and you're passionate about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. How does that look these days? Well, I would say a few things. Backing up to about three years ago, at the beginning of 2018, my husband and I were running a business, totally overwhelmed, burnt out. You had Jeremy on, which now would be last season. So Jeremy actually bought that business, which was the craziest, easiest handoff ever. At that point in my life, I just felt really busy. And the transition from working full-time to being home with my kids, that was a really big challenge for me too. So I feel like I had my firstborn, he's seven now. And that it was just a lot had changed in my life over, I would say, four or five years. And so I got to this place where I just thought, like, is this just life? You just work a lot and you're tired and grumpy. <laughs> and so I had a health scare. I, I had a lump and it looked like it was going to be something pretty serious. And in the end, it was not good. I still needed to have surgery, but I didn't need to do any other treatment. It was considered benign because it was something, it was a type of tumor that was just slow enough growing. Okay. And I felt like, you know, that week from getting a biopsy to getting the results, it was the worst week of my life. But it also was the most clarifying because the one thing that I felt more than anything else was a lot of regret. I had three kids under, at the time, under four, four and under. So at that point, I felt so much regret. Like, if all I have with my kids is a couple years, is this really how I spent it? Like, working and stressed? So my husband and I, every night, talked about what are we going to do if I need to, if this is cancer, if I need to do some kind of treatment. Like, these are big questions. And by the end of that week, we just decided we're going to sell this business. Whatever the outcome, we're done. Like this is just taking too much. And it was a blessing. We needed the money. That's why we started the business. But it was just, it. the cost was too high. So yeah. I really came out of that season. I felt like I had a new lease on life. So I'm say, I backed up to that to say that experience radically changed my life. There's that quote. It says, tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Mm. That's been this question that had already been haunting me. And now I thought, I have to find the answer. And I felt like it's given me a real passion to share truth. I came out of that feeling like I really don't care what people think about me. And that was very liberating. Right on. I have no guarantee. None of us do. We have no idea how much time we have left. I have to use the time that I have. Now I feel like I'm on borrowed time. I mean, in my mind, it was like, I'm going to die by the end of the year. Hmm. So what now, every year that I get back is a gift. 
Why on earth would I waste it on more money, more stuff, a bigger house, a lot of distraction? I just feel like there's too much. There are too many people in the world that need truth. And I think that COVID showed us that. People are scared out of their mind. Yeah. That this year, I mean, really brought that what was already there. That was not necessarily new. People were right. already scared. Now they're really scared. And they're asking a lot of questions and everybody was forced to slow down for a season. It solidified what I had already been kind of working through for a few years that people are desperate for truth. And so now I have become a little more comfortable saying things that offend people. And I actually have. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) And I I mean, especially like social media, I don't get to interact with that many people day to day, but I can share truth. I can invite people to message me if they want to hear about Christ or if they feel hopeless. Every week I'm I'm asking the question on my stories, how can I pray for you? If that's all the interaction I'm going to get in the world because most of my time I'm interacting with my kids or I have my head down doing some kind of work, I have an opportunity to reach however many people, you know, follow each other. Right. That's way more than I can interact with in every single week without fail. People tell me some pretty heavy stuff, and it's a privilege to get to pray with them, follow up with them. They're blown away when a month later I ask them about something. And a lot of these people do not know God, but they have an understanding. I'm desperate enough. I'm just going to ask for prayer because I don't know what to do. Yeah. So that is not the part that's offensive. I have at other times shared things that are the facts, and people don't really like that either. So I've I've, that has really been interesting. And I guess another way that my style has kind of evolved from that point in 2018 is just I'm looking up and outside of my little bubble and my little world. It's really easy to hide behind young kids, yeah. to hide really busy at church, serving other Christians if you want to. I'm not saying that everybody does. It is very easy to hide right. from the world because it's really messy. But the more that I look up and out, the more, quite frankly, angry I'm getting about how people are being lied to and taken advantage of. And so I'm feeling more and more bold to say the truth and to show up to things even in our community, you know, show up to meetings and bring my kids because that's the only way that I'm able to go. And (laughs) they love it. (laughs) Your kids love it? No. The parents all love seeing it. That's a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I bet. I have made my kids sit through all kinds of stuff because, I mean, ultimately, don't I owe it to them? Well, you're modeling something for them. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that I've seen, not that you weren't truly alive before the years that I have known you, maybe half your life or more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But you've, it really appears to me that a few things have happened. Number one, you are truly alive. You are walking in your, in your things that you're passionate about. I read your post um, about your childhood, your parents. Oh, yeah. And, it, mm-hmm. and to me, it used to be in my mind that people are reading more than ever, but it's 140 characters. Mm-hmm. So it's just boom, 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 just, you know, no attention span. And there's a, a few uh, young moms, young women like you, who really have an incredible voice, you know, like Chelsea's one of them, Courtney Matranga is another one, my daughter-in-law, Lauren Miller, it, it, Jamie Matranga, mm-hmm. on and on and on. There are some very passionate, strong, intelligent women that are sharing stories that people can really relate to. Whether they know Jesus or not, they are seeing transparency and authenticity, and I think that's attractive. 
And I've just been teaching. I had a chance to teach a group called um, Emmaus Road. So I was asking them, so how long have you known Jesus? How long have you been in love with him? And so many of them, a great percentage of them, came to the Lord during COVID. Because oh, first wow. they got depressed and they got isolated. And then their depression got worse. And then somehow they heard or were compelled by the Holy Spirit, or someone reached out, and uh, they gave their life to the Lord. Now they just want to know everything. They want to dig into the Word. You see this passion and this freshness that's so, so good. Mm -hmm. And so I really commend you in that. I saw you at a conference about an issue that you feel very strongly about, mm -hmm. and you were well-spoken and passionate. Then you gave an altar call. Mm-hmm. And I, number one, was so freaking proud of you. <laughs> and number two, because you don't know exactly who your audience is or anything, and does it matter who it is? Mm -hmm. But I was doing a memorial for a man that I loved that passed away. And his family said, we want you to offer people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I stole your altar call completely. <laughs> It was beautifully done. It was from Scripture. You were just saying, mm -hmm. here is the deal. Now, I could only see you in the YouTube video. I couldn't see the response, mm. which I would have liked to, but it doesn't matter. You were obedient and you did that. Did you get a chance to see what the response was to that? Yeah, so just a little bit of context. It was an event that was before a school board meeting. That's right. So he, we live in California, and California, regardless of how you feel about the vaccine, sorry, I know that's a very heated topic. Um, in California, they're trying to mandate it for kids K through 12th to attend school, not yeah. even just a state-funded school, but any, even a private school. And as a parent, that really concerns me. And I would say there are a lot of parents who have chosen to get the vaccine themselves, but aren't really ready to give it to their five-year-old. That is a hot topic where we live, I mean, really in the world, and it might get hotter in 2022, but I want my kids to go to school or at least, to, and more importantly, thankfully, we go to a church where there's a homeschooling community. I could figure it out. I don't want to necessarily <laughs> homeschool. If I need to, I will. But there are a lot of families who do not have that option. And during COVID, their kids being home alone all day was really not good. Yeah. I think that's a decision that the parents should make. And that was kind of the focus of that event. Did I tell you something that's really cool. Will Ford was on last year. Mm -hmm. And Will Ford said the the social distancing has made it more apparent how we're distanced in so many different ways. And that's one of the things that he said that really affected me. And I want to ask you about how do we have things that we feel strongly about that are different than how somebody on the other side of that opinion is? How do we stay in unity mm -hmm. and in genuine love and walk, making not that vaccination. And that's what Will was laughing about. We used to just have racial division. Now we got division everything. over everything. What's up? He goes, let's go back to the good old days. Mm -hmm. But how do you find that? How do you keep that connection with people that think very differently than you do about things that are really important? I have two examples. So one is going back to that event. It was an event with about 200 parents. I can say what I think about the topic, 
I was asked to encourage parents because, yes, I have options, but I'm still a little anxious. Like, this is a big deal. And imagine if you're trying to navigate such a big decision, you don't know Christ. There are a lot of people whose opinion are, is completely different than mine. It's the same struggle. I'm saying that to say we can get hung up on a topic and we'll lose their humanity. Everyone has basic needs. We all want to know where we belong. We want to know that we're loved. There are basic things that each of us needs emotionally, mentally, that God made us that way. He gave us a soul, and it, it's supposed to be finding its worth in Him. And so, like at that event, I thought, some of you guys are here, and you're doing everything you can, and you're freaking out. You don't have to do this by yourself. Christ knows you, loves you, desires to carry this load with you. And that was the the context of the altar call. Now, another example that comes to my mind is I posted something, someone that in the past I had a friendship with, my husband had a friendship with, know him, love him, love him deeply. He was really upset by a lot of what I had to say or think, and in every response, it was, I love you. I know you. That's never going to change. That hasn't changed. Sure, we've fallen out of touch. Our lives look different. And it was like, he kept coming back to these topics. And ultimately, like our last exchange before he said, I need to unfollow you for a while. And I said, I love you and God loves you. People say, why engage someone like that? He's a person. I can look past, he's angry at me, but he's not, it's, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It, it is against right. the rulers and the principalities. I represent something that hurts him and offends him. So I can either be offended because some of what he said was truly hurtful. So the way that I can cross lines, and it this has been the case in other conversations on social media, it's an incredible way to share truth and share the gospel with people. I have had a lot of people that don't agree with me, and it always comes back to our humanity. You have worth. Ultimately, can we agree that we both actually want the same things, but our idea of how we get there is very different. So I have found that's really helped me as I'm learning to be okay with not agreeing with everybody and people not liking what I have to say. I mean, I'm getting used to it. I don't love it. It would be a disservice to someone to just let them believe a lie about the world, about themselves, about their worth, about other people, about who has more worth than other people. So are you finding now, part of what you're talking about, it's so funny because the, the conversations, they blend together so well. The wisdom of what people that we're talking to on this show, it just blends together. Dr. Brian Linskis dropped a mega medical practice and went for a style where he could just really do good medicine. He could spend time with people and get them well and not have to be rushing every 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about the uh, epiphany that you had. I've got to create some room. I got to create some margin so that I can be human and live and experience life. And and I think one of the things you're, you're talking about, it's a little different but it's finding balance. I believe in that there's a rhythm to life and that God created this rhythm about Future Quest. Mm -hmm. Everything's crazy. It's not going to be balanced during Future Quest. You have three kids that are under three. That's going to be a different time of life and season of life. Mm -hmm. So when people say balance, they mean don't go crazy, but 
Sometimes you have to stand up, be heard, and be passionate about things that are very important. And you don't have to always stay that way, but you have to find a, a rhythm to your life that honors God. Do you have four now or just three kids? I only have three. I <laughs> like it when we say only. <laughs> How do you find a rhythm in that? How do you not get back to that craziness that you had before? How has your life changed in that way where the quality of your life is what you want, but you're still a very busy person? Really, I choose to be really intentional with every minute of my day. Sunday, I try to, like, we have leftovers, so I don't cook dinner. That's like a small thing, but just an example, like, I'm going to quiet my soul. I'm going to take a nap. Like, I'm going to do, we're going to do whatever, go on a walk or just hang out around the house. Some Sundays, I'll find myself doing something, but those other six days of the week, I'm pretty busy. So I'll say this. I think that you're right. The idea of balance. Um, in contrast, there's the idea of counterbalance. There are seasons when you are way off balance. You're trying to get a business off the ground. You're learning something new. You have a brand new baby. For a season, your life might be completely out of balance. But the idea is not to stay there and yeah. to get to a place where... More importantly than anything, your faith is a priority. You're making time for that in your life. There are a lot of ways to make that a part of your life. So between your personal faith and your family, there might be times where your family is going to see a little bit less of you. That should be temporary. Yeah. You know, that I can agree with. But one thing that I learned is the event industry is very, I was in events, if that wasn't made more clear by my comment about events in 2020, selling that business to Jeremy. The event industry is just not conducive to a family. You are you don't get sick days. You don't get to come back tomorrow instead of today. It's very demanding and people are often spending a lot of money and they're very stressed. So I just learned if I'm going to do some work, I want to do something that's more flexible. So like I got my financial coaching certification and I don't necessarily have the bandwidth to take clients, but people take online courses. Why not teach all of that content one time, record it, and offer it? So that's a creative way to really yeah. leverage my time. I got my real estate license. I actually got it a few years ago, and I'm just this year starting to use it. And it's I got it, and I realized that wasn't the time. I was excited. I, my family has done some other stuff in real estate outside of being a realtor. Um, but in real estate, I think you can get really wrapped up or be like a little bit at a, of business is okay for this season of life. 10 years from now, I can ramp this up and I'm going to watch other people go nuts and make a lot of money, <laughs> but I'm never going to get this time back. I appreciate some money, but I don't need like also understanding the difference like between a need and a want. I have goals. I can push for a goal, but at what cost? It's going to cost someone something and there's a possibility that'll cost my family something. Yeah. And I I don't know that I fit the conventional mold of what a Christian wife and mother would be. I, I look at Proverbs 31 and she was an industrious woman. She sure was. She integrated that into her life. Like, I'm bringing my kids with me. They're going to all kinds of stuff. I'm not neglecting my kids. My kids are a part of my life. And I'm showing my kids that they can work for themselves and work creatively. For me, the way I hear it from what you're saying is you haven't changed so much the how many things you're doing. What you've changed is very intentional 
prioritizing. So yes. you have this health scare and you go, listen, every breath is precious. I'm going to make sure that I live the a full life, that whole Zoe life that mm -hmm. Jesus came to give us. So that's going to include rest. That's a priority. I'm going to do things that are important. I'm going to do things that are important to me, um, de defending my kids, making my voice heard, helping people that are desperate or without hope, giving them an invitation to meet Jesus however I can, mm -hmm. whether it's on social media. So I think you you didn't go, okay, well, I'm just going to sit home and wait for the UPS guy to show up every day. What I'm going <laughs> to do is I'm going to rearrange and reprioritize so that my life is full of life. It's not full of busyness. That's how yeah. I would. That's how I would kind of give it back to you of what I've heard and what I'm hoping the people who are listening here, especially in your station in life, young family, mm -hmm. you've got a, a busy, talented husband as well. I'd love to have him on the show as well. The things that I just heard, I want people not to have a tragic marriage or a health scare or a despondency and depression to, to get a kind of whack on the side of the head mm -hmm. to say, hey, am I really living the life that God created for me to live? Hopefully there are people who are listening, I always hope this, that don't have a relationship with Jesus. And they can go, that makes sense to me. I want to investigate that wherever they're at. Yeah, sure. So, did I hear you right then? Does that sound what you're telling us? Yeah, yes, I think you're right. I, I don't need to be busy. And sometimes it can feel busy, but when I go back to why I'm doing something that I'm mm, doing, it, it, it reminds me. For example, I'm a room mom for my kids. Do I really have time to be the room mom? Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm making time. <laughs> exactly. Do I have time to make 50 lollipops for the hallway to decorate it as a gingerbread house for gingerbread <laughs> day next week? I'm making time. Nicely done. While my husband's watching something or reading something and we're chatting, I'll be working on that. There's ways to fit that stuff in. It doesn't feel especially important, but it is important. I want to be involved in my kid's life. So I'm going to be room mom every year. I'm going to be on their campus as much as I can. I'm going to be watching what they're doing because I don't get this time back. I mean that, it's like some of the stuff that goes into being a room mom seems silly, but it's when I go back to why, yeah. I'm being intentional. I I want I remember Phil and his sister Felicia. We went to to elementary school together. Phil Ortiz, his mom Patty, I remember her at everything at our school. Yeah. My whole childhood Patty Ortiz was Miss PTA. It was incredible. Yeah. I want that for my kids. I want them to be like, ugh, mom's here again. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. I haven't heard him say that yet, but They're still you never pretty know. young. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would say you're right. I'm not just busy. I'm intentional. And the reality is there's a lot of important stuff. Yeah. I don't do everything that's important to me, but the things that are most important, I have to make room for them. Yeah. So that means in, uh, it's important to me to share Christ. So instead of scrolling for 20 minutes, I'm thinking about some a caption that shares truth, and I'm sharing that instead. Yeah. So, Ginny, you're not going to believe that we've just been talking for a while and we're winding up. However, something I think that's really important, two things. One is... Um, 
what have you been reading and listening to lately that you would recommend to somebody who's once again in your station in life and looking for answers about rhythm and balance and and prioritizing and all that? Do you have some stuff that's impacted you either recently or it's foundational? I hear Simon Sinek and why, right? I don't know if you read that, but that why yeah. is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that a book that's similar to that is Essentialism by hmm. Greg McCowan. I think it's McCowan. Okay, and we'll put it in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Another book that interestingly is really showing me that this season that we're in as a nation and as the world is asking me to do some extra stuff that I don't feel like I have time for. Like I said, showing up to meetings or speaking up about things that really concern me. The book Live Not by Lies, uh, you can put this in the show notes I, to confirm the author. I think it's Dreher okay, or something. Dreher. L- yeah, Live Not by Lies. That It's looking at history and societies where communism came in, how that came in, what that looked like. And the author makes the argument, and it's very compelling, that we're living in a time of what would be considered soft totalitarianism. We don't have our government coming down on us. Um, And even with some of these mandates, as an example, the government can't necessarily enforce them, but they're getting enough cultural pressure. Employers are implementing them. They don't even need to do it as the government. Cancel culture, all this stuff where we're coming after people as a society who don't look and think exactly like the mainstream narrative. So that would be what's considered soft totalitarianism. But what follows that is hard totalitarianism. And when you read that book, it's really hard to just say, "Ah, I'll leave this for someone else to worry about. I think the time is now. Our nation is ripe for revival. And the Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I think that there is a harvest. And so uh, as far as counterbalance, that's something that I'm making room for in this season of my life. And (laughs) I don't plan to forever, but for now. So those are I could probably think, if I think of more books, do you want to just add them to the show notes? Yeah, sure you okay. could. Or even better yet, are you open to, if somebody has been intrigued by our conversation, to following you on social media? Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. so how do they find you? Well, I'm really not active on Facebook. I'm really just on Instagram, and my handle is just my name, Jenny Steckler. J-E-N-N-Y. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll do that. I, I want to I thank you for taking time, because this was an extra thing. And I'm glad that you considered it important. I think it is important. And I think that as Christian moms and Christian entrepreneurs and Christians who are really concerned about where we're at these days and the pressure that's being placed on the family and all that, that this is this got value. Mm-hmm. This is something that can really help them. Any Anything in closing that you want to share with anybody? Okay, I'll say this. This is what I'm trying to say. So often we care a lot about what people will think. And that really causes us to hesitate to share truth or say hard things or talk about Jesus, bring him up in the checkout line, you know, and because we think, what will people think? I'll tell you what they're thinking. They're thinking about themselves. They're not (laughs) thinking much about you at all. What a load off. There's not really a lot of pressure. There is a need for truth. People are hurting and they're not caring about how you look or how smart you sound or how that didn't really make sense. You might fumble through everything that you're telling someone. If we really believe what we say we believe, and if God is really as good as the Bible tells us he is, 
the world needs to know that. He yeah. is the solution to every hurt. And we don't need to hesitate to share that truth. People are desperate for truth. They don't even know what it is. Look at the things people are chasing after. It's empty. Yeah. And some of it's hokey because they just want to <laughs> feel something and they're trying to connect to life. They don't know that God is the source. So I would just say that you don't need to be scared because they're really not giving you much thought. Yeah. And find freedom in that. Yeah, freedom and life and, and the true adventure of being mm -hmm. sick.